From the red carpet arrivals to glamorous after parties, it's the most magical night of the year. And today, the Action Network honors Hollywood the best way we know how, by helping you profit off the monumental creative achievements of others. And what's more Hollywood than that? Let's gamble on the Academy Awards. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. This is our annual Academy Awards betting preview episode. I am your host, Chris Raybon, here with Ryan McKee, senior content creator at the Action Network, uh, an entertainment industry veteran, Emmy winner, Emmy voter, uh, also joined by Colin Wilson, college sports connoisseur and gambling expert here at the Action Network. And today we'll be covering the betting market for eight main categories, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor and Actress, Best Supporting Actor and Supporting Actress, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, But don't worry, there is much more where that came from later this week. I'll also be returning for a second episode, our short Oscars Best Bets show with my colleagues Katie Richcreek and Colin Whitchurch will quickly deliver picks across even more categories, so stay tuned for that. As a reminder, this is the 94th Oscars presentation airing live from the Dolby Theater in Hollywood, California, Sunday, March 27th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on ABC. Legal U.S. betting on the Oscars is still fairly new. It was not permitted until 2019, so there are still plenty of opportunities to get this shmoney. Colin, Ryan, let's get right into best picture. Thank you. Well... And finally, it all comes down to this, the best picture. And the nominees are? The nominees are Power of the Dog, minus 140, uh, Child of Deaf Adults at plus 110, Belfast at 12 to 1, King Richard 25 to 1, West Side Story 35 to 1, Dune 40 to 1, Don't Look Up, and Licorice Pizza, both at 50 to 1, Drive My Car, one of my favorites, 80 to one uh, and Nightmare Alley bringing up the rear at 100 to one. Uh, so, Colin, I'll kick it to you first. Uh, what do you think about the field in general? Uh, and do you kind of agree with the kind of co-front runners being the power of the dog and child of deaf adults? Well, first, I want to welcome Ryan to the podcast. Since we've been doing this for a couple of years, Ryan doesn't understand the pain we went through of buying <laughs> Cynthia Revo for Best Supporting Actress, moving that 50 to 1 all the way to 15 to 1, only so Renee Zellweger could get up there and say, you really love me. I feel loved. That was like one of the worst moments in my betting life. <laughs> so welcome, Ryan, to the pain. Well, thank you. I, I know you've had a lot of worst moments, gambling moments in your life. So it's, it's, it's pretty special that that ranks up that high. You know, Chris, I I think this is kind of a weak class. Uh, you and I sat here a couple of years ago. I walked out of 1917 ready to join the British Army in World War One. I. I watched Parasite and I was ready to, I guess, stab everybody at a birthday party. Uh, those were two of the most amazing movies I've seen in a really long time. And half this list, I felt confused watching Dune. Uh, I fell asleep during West Side Story, although my daughter loved it. Drive My Car is three hours long. I know you liked it. You recommended it. I watched it. It's three hours long. We're stuck with Power of the Dog and Coda at the top, and I don't think you can consider any of the rest. So 
I don't, I'm not sure if, you know, Ryan's going to have any opinions about them, but you know, how I bet on this, it's all about average nomination size and the score average, right? And this was the downfall of 1917. And I, and I mentioned 1970, I keep going back to that because there's so many ties between 1917 and CODA. 1970 didn't have the average nomination score of its competitors. It was missing best acting. It was missing best film editing nominations. CODA doesn't have best editing. It doesn't have best actor or best actress. And you have to ask, can CODA win this award on a bunch of second place nominations? We talk about that all the time. If voters, which they've expanded, and if they put in a bunch of second place votes, for, for CODA, then it can win, right? Because maybe Power of the Dog falls down. You know, more importantly, does Power of the Dog take more third place votes because of a perceived Netflix bias? Or we'll talk about Best Director coming up. There's some so things going on in the social landscape that maybe people are disregarding this movie. So for me, I laid Power of the Dog months ago. I know, I know we put out an article over at Action saying, you better hop on this now. This is getting a lot of attention. Am I going to come back and fire on CODA? I don't think I can because it's the 1917 trap. We don't have best acting. We don't have best editing. Ryan, what do you think of I, that? I'm in agreement with most of what you say, except for I do think that Coda has a very good chance to win. And the fact that the odds have moved so much in the last week tells me that somebody knows, seems to know something. Unless it can't all just be that industry insiders are just talking about it and the books have moved it that much. That seems surprising to me. And I understand what you're saying with the lack of nominations compared to some of the other best pictures, but this is a new Academy Awards with a lot more voters, right? They changed the structure of the voting ballot. Yeah, it's preferential the ballot. now. So you have uh, to rank them. Yeah, it's almost 10,000 people now. And 2016 was the first time that they brought in all those voters. Moonlight won. They didn't have all the nominations. It's very much, uh, you know, same with Nomadland. They didn't have as many nominations. Oh, Parasite don't talk to me about Nomadland. That, that, <laughs> that was not, like, speaking of a weak field, oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to, I just had to throw it away. Parasite didn't have the best acting, best actor nominations either. I feel like this is, you can't really think of best picture like we did prior to 2016. So right. it seems like these heartfelt movies that really resonate with people, whether they're like big budget or not, those seem to be what's winning in Best Picture since 2016. Can I, let me ask a question before Chris gives his take. Ryan, as a person that's an Emmy, you know, an Emmy voter, does the company that produces it, like a Netflix or an Apple TV, does that even matter anymore? Because there was this perceived notion that Netflix, there was a bias against them ever winning anything, uh, you know, coming up short, whether it's TV or movies. Is that is that really a thing? That could be a thing. People in the industry who work for Netflix are voting. And for a long time, they said, well, when Disney's up for anything, Disney was really good at motivating all its employees to make sure to vote at whatever awards that was in, whether it was the Animation Awards, whether it was the Academy Awards. But all of the big companies have taken a page from Disney. And when I worked at CBS, we got constant reminders to make sure to vote for the Emmys. So I feel like it's kind of leveled the playing field. I don't think there is an innate bias against Netflix anymore because most of Hollywood has worked for them now. They're hiring everybody. Right. <laughs> I hear you. I, I don't think there is a bias. The love for CODA is real. Uh, and by CODA, we mean Child of Deaf Adults. That's what it stands for. If you haven't seen the movie, it is about a family 
that is uh, mainly deaf, except for one of their children. And it's kind of about how to navigate that and how, you know, how they're each affected by it and how, you know, they have to kind of make different kind of sacrifices along the way and whatnot. But here's, here's how I do this. Um, if you follow me for a while, betting these things, you know, I, I rely heavily on a site called goldderby.com. It, it's kind of an industry insider site, a lot of experts that kind of they, they, they essentially vote on who they think is going to win. And so I've tried it a lot of different ways. I know, um, you know, I've spoken to Ben Zosmer. We had him on a, a serious show a couple of years ago um, who does Oscar metrics. But I think the one flaw with, with a model like his is I think it overrates the essentially the ones that have no chance to win. And it doesn't really look at it, it doesn't give a high enough value to the ones that do. And so if you're kind of extrapolating that to odds, you know, translating that into what the implied odds should be. I think you're going to end up betting on too many underdogs. You're not going to end up betting on enough favorites. So looking at gold derby child of deaf adults is the favorite, the front runner on gold derby. Uh, it's getting uh, about 59% of the, of the vote on gold derby, whereas power of the dog is only getting 30%. Now this category kind of sucks to me to bet out of all the categories categories we'll talk about because the issue with the fact that the industry seems to be on child to deaf adults and that's because they went at the producers guild um that's and it's, it's a little bit of recency bias too but my issue is that power of the dog is still the betting favorite so it's kind of it's kind of a worst of both worlds where i kind of agree with you colin that like power of the dog is i think the better movie and probably still should be kind of the front runner but at the end of the day the industry's saying it's not so it's like i don't trust either of these movies i think there's more value on coda here because it's plus 110 at DraftKings, and it you know the, the gold derby is saying it has about a 60 percent chance to win but if we look back until last year like ryan you talked about 2016 things started changing from 2016 to 2020 whoever the industry which is Gold Derby said was the front runner lost every year from 2016 to 2020 until Nomadland. So from 2016 to 2020, it was the number two film that that Gold Derby predicted. And that's power of the dog. So it, it, I'm kind of split here where I think, you know, purely from a, a gut perspective, I say power of the dog is going to win, but purely from a value perspective, I'd say the right play is, uh, Coda because you're still getting it at plus money. What I'm hoping happens is that the odds kind of line up, right? Where now that child of deaf adults is the, you know, front runner amongst the insiders in the industry, I'm hoping the betting odds begin to reflect that. And we can get power of the dog as a, an underdog, you know, at plus money at, at even money or better. If I can get power of the dog at even money or better, that's what I'm taking. If it comes down to me taking Coda, uh, you know, it's, it's already at plus 110. I'd rather just pass. So that, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Yeah, but I think there's going to be major steam on the day of the Academy Awards. So if you're listening to this and one of these is an underdog, preferably Coda, if you could buy that plus 110, it's getting so much steam. Let's put it this way. I have a house full of teens and public service announcement about Chris Raybon. He told me my family needs to watch Coda. Got the whole family on the couch. They're crying. We're bawling our eyes out. I'm not going to bust what the movie is and how it ends, but we could not stop crying. Thank you, Chris Raybon. Uh, but Power of the Dog is not a movie you can put your teenagers in front of. It is so complex and has so many turns. And I think the fact that it hits a different group of voters, 
Uh, and we're talking about the academy voters being larger, but also, Ryan, we were talking about it trying to be all inclusive, right? We want to have a huge diverse, variety. Younger, right, yeah. right. And does Power of the Dog not hit so many different groups from so many ways that I think I think Chris is right. I think there's going to be a lot of second place votes here. So if Power of the Dog, if you're listening to this and Coda's of, uh, you know, like a plus 110 or plus money, I think you got to go a little bit on that and just know that Power of the Dog is probably going to be plus money the day on Sunday, the day of the Oscars. And I would take some back right there. So that's the way I executed on hitting it at like four to one before this huge steam came in on Coda. But yes, I'm going to come back on Power of the Dog. I would do the same. That's the smartest way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. That's the issue is that Coda is still a value right now as we're recording this, but it's down to 110 already. So yeah. you, you can make a small profit by betting on Coda now and hopefully likely also getting Power of the Dog as a you know plus money as well. Um, but it's like it's such a tiny profit at this point um, that, yeah, hopefully I think Power of the Dog, um, you know, we get it at plus money because I think that will ultimately be the winner. Um, you just got to find your Oscar limits where it's like a thousand, two thousand. Then you can yeah. It's a little, a little bit more in a uh, Chipotle bowl, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get into best director. And the nominees are Jane Campion from Power of the Dog, a prohibitive favorite at minus 3,500. Kenneth Branagh from Belfast is 12 to 1. Steven Spielberg, West Side Story, 14 to 1. Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza is 20 to 1. And Rasuki Hamaguchi from Drive My Car, 35 to 1. Uh, Ryan, I'll start with you this time. You know, I guess the real question is, can anyone unseat Jane Campion for Power of the Dog? We kind of talked about, you know, for Best Picture, you might be able to unseat it. But but what about here for Best Director? I don't, I don't feel like it's worth talking about that much. I feel like she is the favorite. <laughs> it's not it's not good value to bet on her. She has been around Hollywood for a long time. And she goes back to the piano in 1993, where 11 year old Anna Paquin won for best supporting actor. She directed that movie. So I feel like she is, has been around, worked with everybody. And we had Chloe Zhao win last year as the second woman to ever win director. I feel like we're on a roll here. I think it's definitely going to be Jane Campion. Yeah, I, listen, I, I I have to 100% completely agree, but there is that 1% inside of me that it's a degenerate gambler. I mean, I gamble on WWE. So, of course, if I can get some sort of long shot dog here, it's hard for me to look at Kenneth Branagh, who, from a Belfast perspective, that was the hot name about three months ago. And now the odds on Belfast has fallen completely out everywhere, especially director. And the question is, is do we want to lay maybe a 10 20 $30 bet on one of these names, not Power of the Dog and Jane Campion? And, you know, the story is whoever wins the Directors Guild wins the Oscar for Best Director. It never fails, except when Parasite broke it down and Bong Joon-ho, you know, broke the mold. And, and uh, you know, I think Sam Mendes had closing odds of like minus 550 for 1917, and he didn't win. So that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. But I, I think Parasite just might be one of those anomalies. Like for the first time in like 50 years, whoever won the Directors Guild didn't win Best Director. So you kind of have to there's some things happening outside of power of the dog that I think if you're going to entertain a bet outside of Jane Campion, you're going to want to know these things. Sam Elliott, longtime actor came out. He said, you know, this is a movie with cowboys and shirtless with chaps and illusions of homosexuality and, and Campion, you know, called Elliott a son of a bitch. And then, you know, Campion accepted her award and in doing so she referred to Venus and Serena Williams 
never having to beat the boys and that I have to beat the boys all the time. And then she had to walk back those comments, you know, like it was a really bad look for her to walk that back because Venus and Serena have faced men and beat them before. My question is, is with this award, does some of sort of the negative press that's going on with Jane Campion, does that affect any of the voting base here? Does that take some of her votes away? I don't think minus 3,500 is parlayable. I don't think it's playable. And if I had to throw some money down, I mean, I, I just, I don't, none of these other directors stick out. They didn't win a director's guild, but there are things going on socially outside of this movie where Jane Campion has been in some dicey situations. And I don't know if that's going to cost her some votes. Will it be enough? I don't know. I am just going to tell everybody don't parlay this movie. Don't, don't parlay uh, Jane Campion with other things and don't lay a bet on this. I, I think there are other things socially that could affect some of her votes. And I don't know if that's going to change who wins. It shouldn't, but it might. I think that's smart analysis, but I I go back to it. I stay away from it as well. Yeah, it's like, she's such a prohibitive favorite. And here's the thing about Parasite, because I was all over Parasite. I love Parasite. Like, you guys, we all just finished talking about how the main challenger to Power of the Dog is Child of Deaf Adults. Well, that's that's not nominated for a directing award. So, like, Parasite was a better movie than 1917. I mean, not everyone will agree with me, but I think enough people will. I mean, it did win Best Picture after all, right? So, like, there's no movie on here that's better than Power of the Dog, you know, to to then give them the directing award. So, and, like, Belfast really wasn't that good. I I didn't even understand how, like, it was cool, but it wasn't, like, great. I don't even know what the hype was about. Well, so, I, to, well it's I a very personal, well. it's a very personal movie to Kenneth Branagh. Like, that's great, but I'm not, Kenneth, I'm not Kenneth Branagh what, though. I'm not yeah. Kenneth Branagh though. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't think most people voting care, to be honest. For those of you that haven't seen Power <laughs> of the Dog, I think Campion did an amazing job of like, there's sort of this build for 45 minutes yes. and, and Benedict Cumberbatch is such a dominating presence in this movie that after 45 minutes and you know all the players in this movie, Every five minutes, you're like, oh, shit, we're going there. Oh, shit, this just happened. Oh, shit. Like, so I, like you know that <laughs> there's some bad stuff coming down the pipe here. You don't know who it's going to be or how it's going to happen. Uh, some amazing performances. But the direction of the movie was perfect because it always kept you guessing the last hour or so of the movie much better than all the rest of the ones on this list. So I agree with that. I just don't know if the outside forces are going to cost her some votes. Yeah, like like licorice pizza, like it kept you guessing, but it was just more like a wild ride. With yeah. it wasn't like oh big reveal. Whereas like Power of the Dog, I felt like had a couple of big reveals, and just the way they kind of drew you in was excellent. And then Drive My Car had that potential, but like you said, it was it was just very long. Like yes, you know, long. I, yeah. I, I think you could have done a little if you had if the director had done a little better of a job at maybe condensing it. Like maybe like yo, they, like forty like an hour in, the credits started rolling, and I'm like, hey, is the movie <laughs> over? And it's like, no, the movie's actually just starting. That was just the cold <laughs> open. So it's like, um, yeah, I, I I think Power of the Dog's the best movie on this list, uh, and I think Jane Campion was the best director on this list for this movie. So, um, you know, Steven Spielberg, he's acclaimed, but you know, rest side story was a remake. It was, it was cool, but I, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see it kind of coming out of nowhere, um, to, to unseat her. So yeah, this is a stay away. Uh, that's what we're doing for, uh, best director. All right. Best actor. Ladies and gentlemen, Academy Award winner, Francis McDormand. Okay, guys. Sit up straight and act presentable. 
The five distinguished nominees for Best Actor in a Leading Role are... The nominees, Will Smith, King Richard, Minus 800, The Favorite, Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog, Four and a Half to One, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, 11 to One, Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth, which was not a great movie, at 25 to One, and Javier Bardem, from being the Ricardos, he's at 40 to one. Uh, Colin, Will Smith has been the favorite. He's winning the precursors. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, and this is, a, I, I wrote about this when the Oscar nominations were put out. Uh, there's an article that we have over on Action Network where I said, what's the bet you got to make now? And I said, you've got to go and hit, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch fifth, uh, four to one. And the reason is why is because this category is so dependent on who wins the BAFTA. The BAFTA for best male support, I'm sorry, for best actor uh, is, is dependent on that. And when you get a British actor that is in a British produced film, which Power of the Dog is a semi British produced, Canadian produced, French produced, but there's some British in there. When you get that combination, you absolutely get a best actor winner. And if you want case in point, they tailored that whole Academy Awards last year around best actor, expecting it to be <laughs> Chadwick. Chadwick. And it turned out to be Anthony Hopkins, who wasn't even there. They, they just cut the show off. Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Bye. See you all later. End of the show. And, and, and what did the odds close at? Because I know that I got Anthony Hopkins at like seven to one. So this one is heavily tied to, and Anthony Hopkins did win for The Father. He won the BAFTA. It was a British produced movie. That's why I bet it. Again, that flows here. But Benedict Cumberbatch didn't win the BAFTAs last week. Will Smith did. And I don't know about you guys. I saw both movies and it's funny. I, my, my kids kind of refer to me as, you know, Richard Williams. I'm kind of grumpy. I kind of move around around them. I'm kind of, I, I growl in the morning, you know, I, I'm unhappy about things in the direction of like their teachers. And, but uh, you know, I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was the way better role, the much more, you know, so many dimensions and layers to that character. Uh, I'm shocked that Will Smith took the BAFTA but I'm not going to be shocked when he wins Best Actor because it's tied so heavily to the BAFTA. I agree that Benedict Cumberbatch is a better actor and that he did a better job in Power of the Dog. However, it, there's such a human element with the voting in it. You, you can't take that away. And they a lot of times these kind of are a Lifetime Achievement Award as well as what they did for that particular movie. Will Smith has been around for a long time. Everybody in Hollywood likes him. The voting for Academy Awards it's not like the Emmys. The Emmys, you can only vote in your own categories. Like if actors vote for actors, you don't get like a lighting guy voting for actors, but you do in the Academy Awards. So it helps to be well-liked around all of Hollywood. And Will Smith certainly is. I'm not saying Cumberbatch isn't, but- Ryan, this is Doctor Strange. He brought all the Avengers back. <laughs> that doesn't that deserve a Lifetime Achievement Award? I I agree with you on that point, but I can't bet on anybody but Will Smith. Yeah. And another thing we should mention is just like I think, you know, at Gold Derby, you know, there is some recency bias, especially with Coda and, you know, having just won the Producers Guild, which is the most recent awards show. Like there's also recency bias in like people will look at last year and say, well, Bozeman was a big favorite and he didn't win it. But that doesn't mean that that's going to happen every year. I think you still have to play it year by year. You have to play it by the value. And what's interesting to me is Smith is getting 92% of the Gold Derby votes. And that equates to about a minus 1150 odds. 
and he's only at minus 800. So it's not sexy. You're not going to really win much. So, I mean, most people probably aren't even going to bother, but there is actually a little bit of value here or a good amount of value uh, on Will Smith here, even at minus 800, because he should be into the, the uh, quadruple digits here. So uh, I think Will Smith is the right play. I think he's the only play. Um, and this one I would say is a little more parlayable. Uh, would you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, this is a parlay piece. Yeah. yeah. It's a parlay piece. Go down and, Oh, I don't even know how they're doing sound anymore. Right. Sound's been broken up in different rules, even written, but go down and find somebody less than minus 200 and throw it in a parlay. Yeah. So for best actor, Will Smith, King Richard, let's move on to best actress. And here are the nominees for best performance by an actress in a leading role. And the nominees, Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, has emerged as the favorite at minus 175. Nicole Kidman, being the Ricardos, three and a half to one. Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, five to one. Kristen Stewart, Spencer, seven to one. And Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers is bringing up the rear at 20 to one. Ryan, how do you feel about how do you feel about this one? It's a pretty wide open, I would say. There's been a different favorite every time I look almost. One of the old betting truths of the Academy Awards is you wanna you wanna pick people playing real characters, right? And in this, you have three real characters, Tammy Faye, Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball, and Kristen Stewart as the princess. princess. And I feel like there's a, a world where those are gonna kind of cancel each other out in their votes. And Olivia Coleman, who was <laughs> wow. such a force in that movie and, such a, and has been on a run for the last few years, having won a couple years ago for The Favorite and then nominated last year for Father. Uh, I like her at those odds at plus 500. Boy, hitting the nail on the head. I mean, first off, who cast Kristen Stewart as a young Diana? Who, who did? I yeah. mean, come on now. I mean... She's she, what because she, she looks good making a scrawl. That's not Diana. Uh, you know, it was terrible casting. All right. So, you know, really, the Ryan's right. The majority of this award goes to, you know, characters that really existed in the past. And I think from a Jessica Ch Chastain standpoint, like I did not recognize Jessica Chastain. The turning her into Tammy Faye was like, <laughs> that is ridiculous. What they did to Jessica Chastain looked nothing like her whatsoever. The performance, I just can't get into it because I, the movie itself is just too much for me. Uh, but really, you need to look at historical characters. And you're right. There's a few of them. They cancel each other out. The second thing you look at per, you know, Ben Zosmer in this for, for Best Actress is age. You want to go under 35 you want to go over 60. That seems to be, there's sort of like a dead period in between that. And then Renee Zilweger blew us up by winning at the age of like 52 when nobody had won ever in the history of this award had won between the ages of 50 and 53. So I think the age thing is getting kind of blown out, but it's easy for Hollywood to fall in love with the 19 year old Jennifer Lawrence. And it's easy for them to love like a Helen Mirren up in the, you know, up in the upper ages. So you know, I, we don't have any of that going on here. Nicole Kidman's 54. Jessica Chastain is 44. Kristen Stewart's 31. It's not really anything. There's not like, you know, the young starlet or the, you know, the, the older person that needs a lifetime achievement award like we talked about. So, and, you know, as far as Kristen Stewart goes, she was not even 80% chance to even be nominated for this award uh, before. And she was left out of the SAGs and BAFTAs. So don't bet on her whatsoever. Now, you know, Jessica Chastain won the Critics' Choice Award. But, you know, none of this field won the BAFTA. I, I think, you know, Gold Derby's looking at Jessica Chastain 
But if you look at every expert's picks, Olivia Coleman is second. And that means if anybody doesn't like the Tammy Faye and doesn't like the Jessica Chastain story, and Olivia and Olivia Coleman is, is second place on everybody's ballot, she's going to get this. I completely agree with Ryan. It may be because of all second place votes, but I'm buying five to one on Olivia Coleman. Yeah, I mean, Olivia Coleman is kind of like the British Frances McDormand. It's like when, when you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when she's in the running, it's like it's, they just pick her for some reason. So I think, Colin, I think I talked to you about it. I was like, you know, Coleman looks like a value earlier. Um, I watched The Lost Daughter and I watched all three of those movies, like uh, the Spencer, The Lost Daughter and Tammy Faye back to back. Yeah. And the minute I saw Tammy Faye, I got down on Chastain. Uh, it was at plus 550. This is on February 9th. She went from plus 550 to minus 175. So I got I got to roll with Chastain. Like I respect the Coleman. Uh, I actually do have a little bit on Coleman from like when the odds literally first came out at the first day because I thought she was the best value. But I'm riding with Chastain. I thought she had the best performance. Um, like you said, Colin, like she really, you know, went into that character. I, you know, the lost daughter, I don't know. It just seemed like Olivia Coleman sitting on like a, a under a beach umbrella or, you know, like regretting stuff. Like, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. Like that, it didn't move me. I just didn't think it was that great of a film. I think critics like probably liked it more than I did. So that, that could be something but at the same time. It's not really getting that much hype. Didn't get too many nominations. Um, it just like, it, Chastain was this movie. Like, you know, like it got, I think it, what did it get? Like a makeup uh, nomination and then it yeah. got this. You know, it's like that, she was this movie. We wouldn't be talking about this movie if it wasn't for Chastain. All the nominations were all over the place. Like, you know, the BAFTA, none of them won at the BAFTA, but like what, uh, Kidman won the Globe, I think it was. Or did, who won the Globe? It was Kidman, right? I think it was Kidman. The nominations didn't line up. So it wasn't like we have a, a good sample size of like Chastain versus Kidman versus... Coleman versus, you know, Stewart here and then and, and Cruz. So I'm just going to go with the favorite. And if you look at Gold Derby, Chastain's getting 81% of the votes at Gold Derby, which is a lot. And that would equate to about minus 425 in terms of the odds. She's still at minus 175. So, I, I mean, they're talking about more like a, you know, the odds are giving you like a 60%, whereas Gold Derby saying it's over 80%. Uh, so I, I'll go with those odds and, and roll with Chastain. But oh, I agree. I mean- this, this could be wide open, though. So, Chris, I think I think that we should inform the listeners, like, what is your stop price? Right. Even though Gold Derby says that this has value up to minus 425, what is your stop price? Because if this starts taking steam at minus 250, you might look to parlay it with some of the other categories we've talked about. Like what at, at, would you buy Coleman at 700? Would you buy her at 900? And when would you stop buying Tammy, you know, Jessica Chastain for Tammy Faye? So I, I kind of use the Gold Derby odds as kind of rough estimated implied odds. So I would buy Chastain up to about minus 400. I just, I you know, this is coming from, again, the numbers and the fact that I just, I think she's the best choice. Um, I think, and then for, I think Coleman, I think it's just kind of the rest of the vote. So, you know, I think I would take her up to probably, you know, plus four fifty five hundred ish you know like kind of kind of the inverse of what we're doing with uh with Chastain yeah I agree I agree completely so I'm probably gonna have Chastain a couple parlays but that Coleman ticket is gonna be in my back pocket just to, just as a backup because I think she's gonna get all second place votes despite I, Chris not liking the movie because <laughs> she sat under a beach umbrella <laughs> I mean that's it. the whole movie was just her sitting under a beach umbrella. she was like the gym of the office except in like a regretful mother you know, point of view. Like it was just like, I just feel like making, you're oversimplifying. You kept making faces, man. No, I listen, man. I, like I said, 
Olivia Coleman's like Frances McDormand. Like every they critics love her. I wouldn't be surprised if she wins. And I actually have a, a Coleman ticket at like plus 500. I think I told Colin, I was like, yo, there looks like yeah. some value on it. So like I'm I'm saying she's the choice. If you're not betting Chastain and she's a choice, and you're not gonna get the sexy odds of Chastain the way you got um, you know, when it first dropped, but like 81% on gold derby is a lot, you know, for somebody that's still getting minus 175. So like, that's what, that's all we're looking for here is value. Right. And you know, whether it's plus money or not, you know, plus money, minus money, the point is value plus expected value is positive expected value. Right. Like, so I ju- I'm just saying Chastain has act of all the categories we're going to talk about. Chastain has some of the largest positive expected value. Cause it's, it's over 20%. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. Uh, but I agree. So for best actress, Jessica Chastain, the favorite, she will want a long shot, go with Olivia Coleman. All right, let's go to best original screenplay. And the nominees, Licorice Pizza is a small favorite at minus 150. You have Belfast at one and a half to one. Don't Look Up at four to one. The Worst Person in the World at 20 to one. And King Richard at... 20 to one. Colin, what do you think? Yeah. The writer's guild winner generally follows up with the Academy award. Uh, that went to don't look up. Uh, who's listening. <laughs> yeah. is listening oh, to 21. Oh, uh, that movie so, wins anything. I'm going to be so mad. Yeah. Like, Bel- like, Belfast, don't preach to me, bro. Like, <laughs> I know. I know. But Belfast and the worst person, they weren't even nominated at the writer's guild for best original screenplay. So that needs to be taken into account, but I'm going to have a four to one ticket on don't look up because I'm going to follow the writer's guild winner winning original screenplay. So uh, give me, don't look up. And I know that uh, I know that's going to, you know, let me just get your juices going. Let me hear you come against it. Well, let, Ryan, I have, I have some thoughts, but I'll let you, uh, I'll let you respond first. I mean, I feel like this is licorice pizzas to lose because uh, we have had a, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson has had so many nominations and keeps getting overlooked. I'm not saying that this is his best movie. I don't think it is, but it was so enjoyable. And I feel like it's kind of that he's due situation. I hear what you're saying about don't look up and the writer's guild award, but I, I, everything else I've seen leads me to believe that this is Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Listen, I think this is actually not a great category to bet on, despite the fact that it's wide open. And here's why. Again, like, I'm looking at all these things, uh, you know, obviously the Writers Guild and all the precursors. But the reason I always come back to Gold Derby, and even that more than like something like Oscar metrics, just, you know, doing my own precursor work alone, is that they take into account all of this. Like these experts, they take into account all of these things. You know, they take into account precursors and the metrics and this. And I think there is always a little recency bias and a little industry bias and things like that. But, you know, for the most part, they're taking all the other variables into account and they have licorice pizza 50%. So it is wide open. Now that means it should be even money, but it's minus 150. Okay. So cross that off the board, no value there, even though it's the the front runner. Belfast is what they have. Number two, 38% of gold derby experts uh, predict Belfast to win this award. Uh, so its odds should be around plus 160. But at DraftKings, they're plus 150. So there's no value there either. So now the top two are already off the board. So they have 4% each for the other three movies. Don't Look Up, The Worst Person in the World, and King Richard. So uh, we should be getting plus 2,400 or 24 to 1, put another way. Well, Don't Look Up is 4 to 1. 
the worst person in the world and King Richard are 20 to one. There's literally no value in this entire category. So I'm passing. Uh, if you if you just ask me who's going to win, I'd say Wickerish Pizza, but I think it's a horrible value. So I, I'm kind of with you, Ryan. Uh, but like, I can't like for, for it to be, you know, 4% on gold derby and, you know, which would imply a 24 to one as a fair price to bet that at four to one Colin, like that just, I, yeah. I, that's a lot. Like there's a, there's a large reconciliation I have to do. Like, I don't think I can get there. It's one of those where you, I, I know what you're saying. Like it makes sense, but that's still just one variable. Like it's at the end of the day, like writers go to still one variable. So it's a pass for me. Colin's going, don't look up uh, at four to one. And Ryan's going licorice pizza at, at minus 150. All right, let's get into adaptive screenplay. The nominees are Child of Deaf Adults at minus 175, The Power of the Dog at plus 135, The Lost Daughter at eight to one, Drive My Car at 16 to one, and Dune, which it, it, 20 to one. I mean, somebody said it was confusing earlier. Like, yes, absolutely. Like, <laughs> Technical, technical <laughs> stalwart. It's Dunkirk. It's the Dunkirk of this year's awards. Like I had no idea what was happening. Everything was upside down and twisting around and there was all these superpowers and shit exploding. I had no idea what was going on, but I guess it's a technical masterpiece, I guess. But yeah, uh, I mean, Colin, I think this is another one where we have to start debating Coda versus Power of the Dog. Yeah, I, I mean, technical masterpiece. That's something to say the year after 1917 was was filmed yeah. like it. You really like you some 1970. You yeah, mentioned I, this I, movie I, about eight times. It and we're like two Oscars removed from it. Technically the greatest movie ever because it never stopped filming. Like it was one take. The whole movie was one right. take. So, yeah, but yeah. No, I mean, for here, there's no hardcore trends to lean on with this category other than nonfiction films are uh, increasingly becoming more popular in this category and they're winning. And, and I love Jojo rabbit more than anything. I love black Klansman moonlight. Uh, you know, I actually love that movie and, and I have, you know, no direct personal ties to what happened in moonlight. And I still love the story. Uh, you know, so what you have to do is I think you have to find a nonfiction that touches on current social issues. And that's the direction that you got to go with your bet. I would put down on lost daughter at eight to one. Um, I'm not, exactly sure the odds on code at minus 175 are worth it i mean there's just there's other things in here that you know can it, it, power of the dog we've already said is a better movie than coda so why would i put down on coda at minus 175 when i can take them to win best film at plus 110 right so if you're looking at why in the world i you got to tell me the difference of you know why these odds are flipped for coda and power of the dog here so as a long shot i would take the lost daughter uh, but you know, I'm trying to like, if I'm looking at Coda and power of the dog and, and best film, I would probably hedge it with the other side in this category. I agree with what you're saying. I don't feel like there is good value on either Coda or power of the dog, but I love lost daughter at eight to one. I'm going to put money down on that because you overlooked the fact that it's Maggie Gyllenhaal who wrote it and that is a name that everybody in the Academy knows and is going to want to root for. And at eight to one, why not? I, I, I agree. I, I, people are going to be fighting over a lot of those votes are going to cancel out with Coda and power of the dog might slip lost daughter in there at eight to one. Yeah. Uh, I hate that. This is that it's, it's so true. It's like, so I have written down <laughs> in my notes, Lost Daughter is getting about 12% of the gold derby vote, uh, 11 and percent to be exact. 
that makes the odds about plus 770 would be about fair odds or 7.7 to one. Uh, they're at plus 800. So that is a slight value. You can't say the same for Coda. They're getting 62% of the votes at Gold Derby, uh, but that would equate to minus 160 odds. The odds are already higher than that. They're at minus 175. No value there. Power of the dog, 27%. Um, so that should be around plus 270. And they're at plus 135. So it's terrible value. So really the best value play is the lost daughter. But I do want to say something, you know, as we've kind of talked through these now, uh, we're getting, we've talked to a few categories where it's like power of the dog versus Coda. Power of the dog was the front runner throughout most of Oscar season. It won best picture, it won director, and it, it won some screenplay awards at a lot of major, um, you know, ceremonies. I, I think that's probably the play here. Just like on a larger scale, it's like, if you're just betting on a movie, it's like, that's kind of the gift that we're getting here is Power of the Dog. Like Power of the Dog is the best movie and it's supposed to win everything. And it like has won the most stuff. So it's like, it's not good value, but I just kind of feel like it's 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 best picture odds will probably be underrated. And it's probably also the most likely to win screenplay. I feel like this, this coda is just kind of this like recency bias from this one producer's guild happening to be one of the last major guilds right before the Oscars, you know? And so, like looking more at everything as we kind of talk through this, like we're trying to like convince ourselves why Coda could win or why the lost daughter could win. But in reality, power the dog has like beat the pants off both of these movies pretty much everywhere until the producers go. So like, yep. like personally, like I will say that lost daughter is on paper has the slight, the best value by the numbers. But I think what I'm going to be doing is just buying low on power the dog who we never should have been getting at this, at these numbers anyway. Like, like power of the dog should have been like the prohibitive favorite on most of these categories, but because, you know, childhood of adults kind of had a late push. Now we're getting value and, and people are kind of worried about it. So that, I think that's kind of going to be my strategy um, personally. Yeah. I 100% agree. I think this is another category where, you know, the power of the dog is just a better movie than Coda. And it goes back to, and we're about to talk about it, you know, best actor, best, you know, best actress. It's, it's just yeah, not there. editing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get into supporting actor now. It's a, I think it's a good role in because this is where we can hammer yes. on Coda. But yeah, Power of the Dog, I agree with you. It's just amazing. These odds have come on so hard on Coda. Yeah, I would yeah. tell everybody we're recording this. Uh, boy, March Tuesday. Madness is March Madness is killing me. All right, it's Tuesday. We're recording this on Tuesday. The award ceremony is on Sunday. So, you know, if the odds flip again, and, and, and Ryan said earlier, it's like, you know, there's been a lot of money come in. It's pushed things a lot of the ways. Usually we say at the Academy Awards, we don't know who's going to win these. Like these are usually pretty airtight and nothing leaks. Let's go back to our favorite director uh, play a couple of years ago, right? Yorgos. Yorgos. Was, uh, oh, the, the, the steam on Yorgos from some college kid who like <laughs> put, put like thousands of dollars and moved the market only for him to not win. So yeah. Like, right. Right. You know, so <laughs> I, be careful of no seeing steam come in. Yeah, you know, there might be a delta where there's public perception and you can kind of beat that. I would agree with that here. I am going to play Lost Daughter, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Power of the Dog steam if we get there on Sunday. Yeah, I, that's just like across all categories. Like I know we're talking about adapted screenplay, but I just meant like picture, direct, like director, you can't really bet on. But like these these awards where those two movies are kind of going head to head. I just think at this point, Coda is a little overrated compared to its, its its true chances of winning but uh let's uh so yeah so we're looking at lost daughter as kind of the best value but thinking about some power of the dog here 
uh, as well. And then Ryan, did you, so did you like, so you like Lost Daughter the most, right? That was, that's your play too, right? Yeah, for the value, I like yep. it the most. Yeah, I so we like- say, I might put a couple dollars on Power of the Dog too, because you're right, it is pretty good value when it is the best movie. So yeah, but most of my money is going on Lost Daughter. Okay, so yeah, so for- Best Adaptive Screenplay, Lost Daughter, uh, and a little bit of Power of the Dog. That's the one we kind of think may may actually win, but I think Lost Daughter has that just better odds for giving its, its chance. All right, let's go to Best Supporting Actor. And we have Troy Kotzer of CODA at minus 400. Cody Smith-McPhee, The Power of the Dog at plus 240. So again, we have these two movies squaring off. Uh, we have Sierra Hines of Belfast at 16 to one, Jesse Plemons, Power of the Dog, 25 to one, and J.K. Simmons being the Ricardos at 35 to one. Ryan, here we go again. It's Coda versus Power of the Dog, uh, Kotzer versus Smith McPhee, who was kind of the favorite. Smith McPhee was kind of the favorite throughout most of the season, and it flipped in a massive way. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one. I agree that McPhee is, was great in it, but Kotzer has just been tearing up the scene. I, I feel like he's the emotional favorite. He's the older actor. Uh, as one of you wrote in the notes, like the older actor usually wins this, uh, not necessarily in recent years, but if you go historically. And I, I thought he was great. And I think that um, this is the only place I'm putting my money. I don't see McPhee winning this as many major awards as Kotzer has been getting. Yeah, let me tag on to that because I think there's some a really important note to make here. And yes, the older actors usually win this, but last year, Daniel Kaluuya, I mean, Judas and the Black Messiah, there just was no competition. And that's why his odds were minus, closed minus 2,500 and it wasn't even a question. Uh, and so let's go back to the drawing board here. The older actor usually wins. Now, the Cody Smith McPhee, I went back and watched Power of the Dog. I'm not going to give away his character. Maybe you haven't seen it and you'll watch it leading up. I'm not going to give away what he starts as, what he ends as, and how his transformation occurs during the movie. Uh, but what I did take note of the second time that I watched through it was how many of his scenes are powerful that included Benedict Cumberbatch? How many of them did he carry on his own shoulders? He didn't carry a lot of scenes on his own shoulders. He was in scenes with Benedict Cumberbatch. He is not the MVP of this movie. Uh, he was simply in the room when big things happened and he was not the driver. All right. This whole power of the dog, it was driven by Benedict Cumberbatch. He's the reason why this story is so powerful. So once I watch Coda, it reminds me, I mean, the second I, I watched the movie and, um, I, I'm not going to blow the movie for anybody, but I will say this. Everybody knows Goodwill Hunting. Everybody knows that Robin Williams won Best Supporting Actor. Why did he win Best Supporting Actor? Because there was a pretty good field with him that year. But there's a scene at the very end, and I'm definitely not spoiling anything for a movie that's at least 25 years old. But he gets in Matt Damon's face and he says, it's not your fault. And he's referring to the child abuse that he went through with when it was an orphan with his foster parents. And he just kept saying, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And, and he just broke them down. And boom, that is an Academy Award winning performance. You only needed that one scene to win that award. That happens in CODA. When, you know, when Troy Coatser is in the movie, he goes to his daughter's the school, performance. Like, yeah. The, yeah, the school is putting on a, a whole choir event. And he goes to that. And him and his wife are just kind of, you know, they're just kind of around. They're like, are we having spaghetti tonight? What's going on? Like, they can't hear the concert. They can't hear their daughter singing. But in, in the middle of this movie, 
where sound is so important, everything shuts off. And all of a sudden you are in his eyes. You are in his body. You are in his ears. And he's looking around the room and he sees grandmothers crying. He sees grandfathers clapping. He sees kids smiling. He sees people dancing and he sees his daughter on the stage. And to me, it was one of the most powerful things I've seen in any of the movies I've seen this year. I see why Code has taken so much steam. When you can take the entire movie and throw it into one of your character's eyes and he can play that off. And at that point right there, he was bound and determined that his daughter has to go down this path, right? I thought it was a monster scene. Now, whether you want to give credit to the director or you want to give credit to sound, you couldn't have pulled it off unless you had this guy that's been on a boat his entire life struggling to keep his family together and you see the world through his eyes and you got to right there. It's an Academy Award winning moment, minus 400. I'll pay it easily. I don't care if it's overtaxed. I don't care. That's the play. And I think that's a great point that, that you brought up. You know, is it the directing? Is it, this is why I, I go away from the movie in terms of best picture or screenplay because it wasn't nominated for directing, but it was a powerful movie. And a lot of that power, I think, comes in Coatser's performance of it. Like he really brings you inside what it feels like to be a deaf adult, you know? And that's that's where I think the strength of the movie lies. Like they've written, all, a lot of other characters are written as deaf in that movie, but they don't really, it's, it's not the same as Coatser. And that's why I think, you know, for screenplay, I think it's overrated. For picture, I think it's overrated. But I, I do. I think, unfortunately, you know, it's minus 400. It's not really a sexy payout here. But uh, here's something interesting that I noticed. And again, you, you guys have been hearing me quote the Gold Derby uh, percentages for each category. 100%. The only one. 100%. Everyone on Gold Derby. All the, every single expert has picked Coatser. And that's that's pretty impressive given that, like, sometimes you get, like, a straggler on, like, Smith McPhee, just because he was like the early favorite. I think he won the okay. Globe. And no, everyone has switched to Coatser. So, you know, 100. I mean, this is one of those things that could be, you could, you know, minus 2,500, minus 3,500, whatever, you know, those crazy odds that you don't even touch, but it's only minus 400. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you guys. I, I think Coatser, I think this is his to lose. 100% agree. And I'm going to parlay this with my Razorbacks going to the final four on Sunday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, yeah, for Best Supporting Actor, Troy Coatser, all the way, let's get into the final category we will cover uh, in this episode, and that is Best Supporting Actress. The nominees, Ariana DeBose, West Side Story, at minus 1,600, big favorite. Then you have Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog, at 6-1. to one. Anjane Ellis from King Richard at 18 to one, Judy Dench, Belfast, 25 to one, and Jesse Buckley, The Lost Daughter, at 35 to one. Uh, Ryan, what are we thinking here? Well, obviously, it looks like DeVos is the prohibitive favorite, but I talked to my a buddy of mine who works at Yahoo Movies and talks to a lot of insiders regularly. And the only kind of left field one he threw me was Anjanue Ellis at that price because of the kind of the shine that's coming off of Will Smith in that movie goes right on her. She is a, a well-known working actress for a lot of years. And that's kind of who we've seen sometimes come out of the blue and win this supporting actress. A lot of times maybe they just duck by down and we don't see much of them again. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen with her, but at that price, I like it. I wouldn't put any 
money on Ariana, but I, I, I think that she is still going to win it, but I think it's good value on Anjanou. Yeah, I mean, the, the rules for this, for Best Supporting Actress, usually state the higher the billing in the credits is the person that wins. Grandma and Minnery last year, I think, was fifth. I'm not even sure if her name was not really that high up. She still took it down because the role was so perfect. Uh, and, and, you know, it's hard for me to see West Side Story not taking at least one one Oscar home for something. Is this it? The odds will tell you, yes, minus 1,600. But Anjanae Ellis, you know, second highest billing in the movie. So, you know, you can't get much higher than that because Will Smith is in the movie. And if you watch King Richard, it's, you know, he is so set in his ways. It's the wife that has to keep that glue together in that house. So the reason why the Williams sisters are so you know, in touch with their schooling and with their athletics and the schedule that they have it all mapped out because they're a team, even though Richard Williams sometimes, you know, uh, is, you know, like I said, grumpy, a little crispy sometimes. So uh, she plays, she does a very good job in the movie of, of playing the motherly role. And so I could see how 18 to one, I, I mean, that's definitely got to be worth a $25 flyer out there. Uh, I am not impressed whatsoever with Kirsten Dunst's performance and power of the dog, uh, I just, I don't know. She shows up at the ranch. She's, she's drinking liquor on the side of the house. Uh, she's got to protect her side. I, I thought, you know, I, I thought Jesse Plemons did a better job and he was barely in the movie more than her. Uh, the movie's just so overshadowed by Benedict Cumberbatch. I just don't think Kristen Dunst did enough to get anything here. So I think Ellis is worth a little bit of a play, but Judy Dench is in this field. Nobody's talking about her. Does Judy Dench get votes from people just for having the name on the, I mean, I mean, literally like this is, this is Judy Dench. I mean, is she going to get votes for Belfast? I mean, there's gotta be some people out there that love Belfast. Belfast was the leader in a lot of categories just two or three months ago, Chris. Yeah. Like, people saw it. Yeah. yeah people saw it. So get out of here. I, I, I'm with you guys on Ellis. I'll throw, I'll throw a little $25 bet on her uh, to one odds, but just, oh, to keep, just keep that in mind though. You know, our, earlier we talked about, you know, who kind of steals the scenes, who can carry scenes without the other main actors, lead actors and actresses in, in, in a movie. I think Ariana did that. You just can't bet on her at 16 to one. I mean, even parlaying, it gets kind of dicey, but she was the best actor in that movie, you know, yeah. that plain and simple. And her role was very, you know, she had a great role. Like that role in West Side Story is not just any supporting role. Like that's a, a very important role within movie history. And, and you know, so... I think it's enough for her. Uh, I see what you're saying about, about Anjanae Ellis. I think, but, but I come back to like, how many scenes did she really carry, you know, without, without Will, right. In that movie. And so that, that's, that's my, and then I agree. Like, I think Dunst would have been, I would have considered her more if power of the dog was like this overwhelming, like freight train that was like the leader in every other category. And it's like, maybe it's just going to be one of those movies that wins like almost everything and just sweeps everything. And, you know, people just loved it, but it seems like people are kind of still split on it. And so I don't think Dunst gets a, a win off, off that. And I, I agree. I think she was no higher than third best on this list. So um, yeah, Ariana for me, but probably just to stay away. Uh, so to recap supporting actress, uh, Anjane Ellis is the long shot play. Ariana is the most likely winner, uh, but just not really great odds uh, to be betting that. So uh, that is going to do it for our 2022 Academy Awards preview here at the Action Network. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for all of our Academy Award content. I'll have a big article out. Uh, and of course, we will do another episode, which should drop later in the week with our best bets you can find ryan on twitter 
at the Ryan McKee and Colin on Twitter at underscore Colin one. That's two L's and the number one. Until next time, let's get this money. All right. You've really made this a night to remember in every way. Now let's go party till dawn. Yeah.